0: As they make their way downstairs to continue in worship and in God's word, let us do the same. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, God of reconciliation, God who calls us before we know it, God who loves us before we can believe it. As we come to your word today, soften our hearts and open our ears to hear your word, To hear what you want us to hear and not what we want to hear. So that we might grow in knowledge and love of you. Send your spirit, we pray. Amen. now the word of the Lord from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up, said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give back to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Picture with me, if you will, a young boy, tall, strong build, handsome, smart, a little headstrong, Was raised in the church by a mother who loved him and the Lord and longed for him to do the same. But this intelligent young man, gifted with a quick tongue and a sharp brain, shifted away from God. Though, as he would later note, there was always a stirring, a yearning for God. But he sought fulfillment in other places, in education, in physical relationships. And so, this young boy, now a young man, used his intelligence to become a master public speaker and teacher. He grew in his enjoyment of his carnal pleasures and indulged in that lusting after physical relationships enchained by sex. He was also, though, enchained to seeking answers, devoting himself to studying and enriching his mind, because inside of this young man there was a deep stirring a longing that the Bible couldn't seem to satisfy for him, so he searched for other answers and other traditions. Became a well-respected teacher, dabbled in various philosophies, but not towards Christ. Maybe he didn't think he was worthy of it. Maybe he didn't want to appear a Christian before those who knew him. Maybe he wondered why would he be with Jesus, why... Would Jesus want to be with him? See, he knew about Jesus, but he didn't know who Jesus was. And so he continued in this tension of a longing, a desire, a call for something, but also a tension. That it couldn't be a call to faith. No, not to know Christ. Not for him. He wasn't worthy. (laughs) Not after everything he had done. Why would Jesus want to be with me? Why would Jesus be the guest of a sinner? Our young man pondered. Now, I can imagine that this story may not sound too foreign to many of us. Surely it looks different in each of our lives. Maybe you can't relate to meandering away from the church. You've been in it your whole life. You've strived to be faithful. Or maybe that's exactly what you can relate to, or maybe there wasn't a church to meander away from and back to, and maybe your tension looks different. Maybe your distractions, those other desires, aren't education and sex like this young man. Maybe the longings are any other of number, any other number of things. You'd have to fill in the blank the things you use to temporarily satisfy your longing for Christ, maybe you're not sure you've ever even felt that stirring or longing, or maybe you're not sure you've ever felt the tension. Though I'm guessing most of us have, to some degree, at some point in life, that tension of being called by God, to be known by God, to know God, the call to be faithful Yet the desire to be distance, the fear of being known, the shame, the tension, the tug of war, whether you're new to the faith or a grizzled vet, the tension remains. Well, either that or they're right in saying that preachers just say what they need to hear, and I'm the only one who's ever felt this way. But I don't think I'm going too far out on a branch here in guessing that most of us know this tension. We sure know that Zacchaeus did. Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector and a rich man, he wasn't expected at this event. He wasn't the one who was going to show up here. Yet something within him, an urging, a calling, a curiosity, the spirit stirring, drives him to wonder and to want to know who Jesus is. And not just know about Jesus, but to know who Jesus was. Zacchaeus is still a little unsure. He feels the tension. He has the calling, the urging, but he also feels the risk. Maybe he's worried the reaction of the crowd will be exactly what it is. He's a sinner. What does he have to do here? Maybe he's not sure himself, wondering the same things. I'm a sinner. I have no business being here. Maybe it's some shame. Shame of things done in the past. Shame that others heap on you. Shame like a cone of shame, popularized, or re-popularized at least, in Up. And I was reminded of it this week when our dog actually had to have one of these on. Isn't he adorable? Um, But I think a cone for shame is just really encapsulates what shame is like. It traps us, it surrounds us, it restricts us. But Zacchaeus pushes through it, at least some of it, enough to where he goes to see who Jesus is. And the text tells us he was short. So he climbs a tree to be able to see Jesus. But I wonder, too, if his part, his climbing of the tree, is not only to see Jesus, but to only see him at a distance. To maybe learn a little bit about him, maybe know who he was, but not, not be known by Jesus, not get too close. But Jesus, as he often does, has other plans. He doesn't just want Zacchaeus to get a glimpse of him. He isn't looking for a distant relationship. No, Jesus calls Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your home today. Jesus calls him by name, which as we see in the book of Isaiah, the Lord declares, I have called you by name, you are mine. Jesus calls him by name and claims him, and declares, I must stay at your house. Christ isn't looking for Zacchaeus to know him at a distance. He's coming to his house, to his home. He's coming to know him intimately, well, to enter his house. St. Augustine, a 4th and 5th century church theologian, and also the namesake for our dog, puts it this way, God is more intimate to me than I am to myself. Or to put it another way, God is at home with us and in us. Jesus is coming to Zacchaeus' house. This is a deep relationship. And this relationship not only calls Zacchaeus to repentance, but to redemption. To reconciliation in Christ's reconciling mission. Because when we know God, we cannot help but to know ourselves. And not in the way we often think we know ourselves. The messages other people tell us, that maybe we're great, we're athletic, beautiful, or we're the worst, we're disappointments. Or the messages we tell ourselves that I'm not enough, I'm a failure, or even that I'm great. Maybe, though, we tell ourselves that we're sinners, unworthy of God's grace, that we're not good enough, that there is no way that God would love us, that God would want to be in relationship With us, But in knowing God, we know ourselves well. We cannot help but to know ourselves. And in that, to see the shame and the lies, but to see our brokenness, to see how much we need God, how much we need God's grace, even though we aren't worthy of it, even though we don't deserve it, even though we run and we hide and we climb trees to see who God is, but to not get too close. But Jesus knows us. And calls us by name and comes home. Comes to our house. So that like the prodigal son we heard about last week, we can come home. God is at work before we know it. Urging us, stirring us to come home. Because even if as you look back you're not quite sure where God was or you're not quite sure where God is at this moment, I'm guessing at some point you'll come to reflect on these words To borrow from a hymn, I sought the Lord, and afterward I knew he moved my soul to seek him, seeking me. Even in the tension, even as we wonder how God could ever want to be close, how we aren't worthy of God's love, because the thing is, we aren't. We aren't worthy of God's love, but the amazing thing is that God loves us anyways. God knows us anyways and calls us to know God. God calls us by name and so we are his. And as we know God and God reveals more to us about ourselves and works in transforming our hearts, God calls us to repentance, to reconciliation. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything... I will pay back four times as much. Reconciliation. In Christ, God's reconciling work bursts into the world. And God's reconciling work to us, which Christ makes it known himself in, necessarily calls for a reaction. Our reconciling work, as here seen in Zacchaeus' work, is not just before Christ for Zacchaeus, but before the whole community. That he would repay any he had defrauded, and so you can bet that they would probably hold him to that. And Christ responds, today salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. Because he is a son of Abraham. Not because he gave away his money. Not because of his response to God's grace. Not because he was ecstatic that Christ entered his house. No. Because he is a son of Abraham, because he is a child of the covenant. And so, as a son of Abraham, a child of the covenant, he is part of the covenant of grace and mercy that God made with Abraham and with Israel and that God makes with us. Because God is always faithful to God's promises. Salvation. Christ himself has come into the house. He's become known to Zacchaeus. And this has caused a change in Zacchaeus. Christ's reconciling redemptive worth rings in the inbreaking of reconciliation of all that was lost in the fall. Four relationships were broken in our sin. God with humanity, humanity with humanity, us with ourselves, and us with the world. And we see very clearly the reconciling of at least three of these in this text as Christ reconciles himself with Zacchaeus and thus Zacchaeus with God, Zacchaeus reconciles with his community in repenting of what he has done, and Zacchaeus learns who he is, a beloved child of the covenant. Though he is not worthy, not remotely, but because God is faithful. And because God is faithful, Zacchaeus can begin That reconciliation with himself and know that he is loved and worthy. Because Christ declares the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus wasn't worthy. He had no business interacting with Jesus, but Jesus had all the business in the world interacting with Zacchaeus because he came to seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus wanted to know who Christ was, but from a safe perch. And so not actually know Christ. But Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Salvation has come to this house, Jesus declares. Zacchaeus' change in heart caused by the Spirit is this irresistible pull of grace. And so this child of the covenant known and loved by God in Christ's reconciling work, thus pours out this same reconciliation to himself and to others. Why would Jesus want to know me, a sinner? Our young man pondered. But one day, this young man makes his way into a church, Not actually even to go to church, but to hear the famed preaching style of the pastor. But, as in God's sense of humor, while he's there, he's not just struck by the rhetoric of the pastor, but by the spirit. But even then, there's still a tension. A resistance to the call he had been feeling to so long. Maybe because he felt like he didn't understand, though, as he would later say, Understanding is the reward of faith. Believe so that you may understand. But then one day down the road, sitting under a tree, he hears a young child, as if at play, saying, Take up and read. And he picks up the Bible that was lying there and reads from Romans 13. Not in riots. And drunken parties, not in eroticism and indecencies, but in strife and rivalry, not in strife and rivalry, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in its lusts. And he writes, I neither wished nor needed to read further. At once with the last words of this sentence, it was as if a light of relief of all anxiety, perhaps... All tension flooded into my heart. All the shadows of my doubt were dispelled. And while these words speak directly to his situation, it may be others that speak to yours. But while he had been studying who Jesus was diligently, and the Spirit had been at work inside him, though he had plenty of tension, now it was as if Jesus had walked up called him by name and said, Augustine, stop hiding, for I must stay at your house. I'm coming home to you, for I know you, I love you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Salvation has come, child of the covenant, for I came to seek and save the lost. And this was the turning point for our young man, A man we know as St. Augustine, whom I quoted earlier, who would later powerfully write, You have made us for yourselves, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Now, Augustine was not perfect after this. Zacchaeus wasn't perfect after this. They, like all of us, are still fallen people. But they, like all of us, are called to be faithful, repentant, reconciling people, with God, with themselves, with others, with creation, because salvation has come to this house. To us, children of the covenant, by the grace of God, God calls you by name and claims you, because in Christ you are made worthy and known and loved. And so maybe, maybe you feel a call, but also a resistance, a tension between Christ and the other things. Maybe they're named, maybe they're not. Whether you know God and God's grace, or you're just wondering who this Jesus guy is, know that in that tension, either way, God knows you, and God loves you, and God calls you into his reconciling work. Be reconciled with God through Christ. And in that, to be reconciled to yourself as a child of God, a child of the covenant. Claimed and marked as a child in the waters of baptism to be reconciled to others. And show God's love to those made in God's image to work for justice for the marginalized and the immigrant. To feed those in need to support organizations that work for the healing of broken lives to be reconciled to the world, to care and steward for it well, to care about how our choices impact God's good creation. Because, friends, no matter where you may feel in this journey of life and of faith, God calls you to know God and to be known by God, to know God's love. God says to each and every one of you, stop hiding, for I must stay at your house. I'm coming home to you, for I know you, I love you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Salvation has come, child of the covenant. For I came to seek and to save the lost. the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Holy Lord, we praise you for who you have called us to be as your children. We praise you for the love you have given us and the grace you have shown us, even while we have done nothing to deserve it. Strengthen us to do your reconciling work and send your spirit as we go out into the world. In your name, amen.